everyone, and welcome into the State 48 Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Matthews, bringing you all things AZ. And today on the show, we have a very good friend, more like family, with State 48, Jake Arians, son of, you know him, Bruce Arians, and the president of the Arians Family Foundation. So we have so much background, so much history so to much. get into, and we both love to talk, so... Everyone take a seat, grab your popcorn, because it's going to be a fun Get one. Get your popcorn ready, Get that's your right. Popcorn Def- ready. Definitely more family than friends. Just, this one goes way back. Absolutely. Well, I like to start off the show with a little game. It's more like for people to get to know you okay. better a little bit, a little icebreaker. And this is just finish the sentence, okay? So I'm going to throw some questions at you. Boom. Simple, easy. You got this. Ready? Ready. All right. My favorite memory in Arizona was during the... B-A area, area, era. We'll go with era. We'll go with era over area. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> I actually wasn't in AZ, but it was during the B-A era. Was his last win, the 50th win, missed mm. kick in Seattle. He goes to the press conference. I don't know he's going to retire, but I think he might at this point. But he starts the press conference off with welcome to my house. Because we yes. won four out of five years in Seattle. We owned that place. It was pretty awesome. Uh, but to be the winningest coach in franchise history, do it in five years instead of six when he broke Wiz's record, uh, was monumental, I think, to his legacy. But it was just, you go up there with Drew Stanton as your quarterback. That was the year where everybody was hurt. Yep. They still, I think, eke out eight wins, whatever it was. But to get to that 50th win was... Uh, was pretty awesome. I mean, there was so many. The John Brown touchdown dance oh. always will stick oh, out. We said we're going to dance on this show. We're not doing that. And <laughs> my, that my, I'm about to be 45, <laughs> my body will fall apart if we even try that dance. So epic. Um, you know, Carson Palmer, there were so many um, really good ones. A couple great memories that were bad memories were going to the two Carolina playoff games. Yeah. Um, that didn't end the way we wanted those those injuries that kind of derailed those seasons. The whole thing is still like a dream. It those, is. those five years were, I never thought I'd see my dad become a head coach, much less have that much success, have that much. The change that I saw in the Arizona sports culture, especially the Cardinals fans, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one that pops in my mind is that Seattle game and getting to that 50th win. Mm, I remember that so vividly. And, I mean, I'm a pretty emotional person, I'm not going to lie. But You and me ne- both. The next night, we've cried together before. We have, we have. The uh, next day, obviously at that time, I was with the Cardinals in the broadcast department. I, and nothing was known at the time because he announced it the next day. It was New Year's Day. And was it already? Yeah, it was New Year's Day. And um, I played the locker room speech, and that's when he let the team know. Mm -hmm. And I was bawling (laughs) in front of my computer, bawling, because that's when I found out, and he was about to announce it, and we were getting all of our content ready, obviously, for the big news. Um, So I'll never forget that. You can back me up on this because there's still all the rumors that, you know, he wasn't retiring. Michael wanted him out, whatever it was. I, I thought he was done. I mean, it was absolutely a retirement. It had kind of run its course. He wanted some new blood. He thought he was done. Uh, wanted to go to the lake. He decided to go on CBS for a year. Then the Buccaneers thing happened a year later, and it wouldn't have happened without the relationship with Jason Light that started here in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but you were there. I mean, he was done. He, he doesn't cry. I've seen it maybe three times in my life. And for him tearing up to think this is it, um, it's still an emotional day, but it's not because those five years were so unbelievable. Right. A dream. We'll get into that. Yeah, one. they're a dream. Like I said, no risk and no biscuits. Gonna that was be a long a, answer to your question. I, I know. <laughs> and this is a game. It's usually a, you know, but that's the thing here. We're just going to go with it. Um, the funniest moment or memory with my dad is. Oh, God. Keep it. Uh, <laughs> keep it PG. PG-30. 
Ish. <laughs> ish. Yeah, we'll um, go with the ish. The funniest. He's like a low-key funny guy. He's a really low-key funny guy, but we don't have that many like truly funny moments together. Okay. Probably on the golf course somewhere. I would say out here at Whisper Rock, there's there's probably some days some that day. we're okay. there's something really funny mm-hmm. happened. Which probably me making fun of him, which doesn't go very well because that's like <laughs> locker room talk. He's seventy years old. He feels like he's forty five, <laughs> so it's like we're button heads. There's probably something I thought I said was funny, but it really wasn't it as much. But definitely on the golf course, that's where most of our uh, most of our interaction takes place. I love it. Um, my biggest dream now is to. Continue the, uh, the the foundation. The legacy of the Arians family is so much bigger than winning football games. Um, mm. It started here. Those 50 wins, winning the Super Bowl in Tampa is huge, but helping save kids' lives is, will always be bigger than winning football games. Uh, continuing that legacy in the Valley. I, I live here. My wife, Shelby, and I, you know, as you know, this is home. But to me, that's... Um, that, that's more important than anything he's done on the field. It gave us the platform to be able to do that. But to can continue the name of, of helping kids in the foster care system, uh, that's the legacy to me of the Arians Family Foundation. Sidebar with that. Um, did you ever think you'd call Arizona home? Like how crazy is it? Yes that? and no. I lived in Alabama for 20 years and hated almost every minute of it and always <laughs> wanted to be somewhere. Now I call Arizona West Coast Alabama. So it's kind of funny that, that, I, that I like it this much. Um, I didn't think I would call it home, but it is. And I'm not leaving. It's awesome. I love it. Okay, so if I didn't grow up in football, I would be blank. I wanted to be surfing in San Diego. I grew up surfing on the beach in New Jersey, which is not exactly like the biggest waves in the world, but, you know, there's the East Coast uh, You're waves. You're like a cowboy, right? Like you, you have a I've ranch. I've kind of turned into that. Okay. That's kind of become my saving grace of life <laughs> is to go to the ranch and work you know, by myself and not have any distractions and hear nothing but horses running around. Uh, I didn't grow up that way at all. I grew mm-hmm. up in, a, in the middle of the city mm-hmm. in Kansas City and in New Jersey and Philadelphia. Uh, but growing up surfing, that would have been my dream is to have a shack on the beach in Hawaii or San Diego and and been doing that every day. There we go. My favorite, this is easy one, but we have some options here. My favorite State 48 shirt is... Probably the original that you're wearing, followed by the No Risk It, No Biscuit, which is, uh, you know, BA's famous saying. But when we changed the logo, we put the, it's a funny story, we put the foundation together so fast. We had three months through the first event in Georgia. So we founded the foundation in April. We did the first event, the 4th of July, and we just kind of put like a little, you know, it was kind of cute little cartoon kids that were there. Nobody ever really loved it. And then when this, we'll get to the story of, of how we, we met State 48. But when, they, when the logo came out, that first shirt was like, oh. It, that logo is just iconic. Like mm-hmm. it was BA in a freaking cartoon T-shirt. That's just awesome. So that that's that's my favorite. I got a couple others. I mean, I've got probably every shirt they've ever made. So Which I, I said, hey, I've go next door, pick anything. You're like, this is my closet. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And I, and I absolutely love it. And I rock it everywhere around the world. But uh, that's that's my favorite for sure. I love it. Yes. So that's the reason why we're here. It all started with the shirt. Yeah. And this meeting between you and State 48 back when? 2014? 2014. Early 2014, So yeah. give us the, the history. How did this all come to life? So Brian from Phoenix Fashion Week, uh, we, we had a good friend, uh, my buddy Aaron with Oakley. And he's like, hey, you mind if this guy gives you a call? I'm like, sure. And he's like, hey, these, these guys from this local T-shirt company, State 48, and I didn't even know Arizona was the 48th state at that point. Like, I'm, I've been here, you know, eight, six months, a year, whatever it was. Um they made this really cool logo of your dad. They want to do these, these legacy shirts. I'm like, awesome. I'd love to talk to him and meet. Met the guys, met Mike, saw the, the logo and was like, oh, that's, yeah, absolutely, we're in. 
uh, that season, we go, I think that was the next year, we go 11 and five. Mm -hmm. He wins coach of the year. We put it out, really see a big turn in how many fans were coming. You remember those days, BA's yelling at the fans, like, hey, I know the tailgate's fun. Get your asses in the seats Mm -hmm. by the end of the first quarter. I want you there by kickoff. And we saw a big change in that. And that home atmosphere was, it rivaled Seattle. It doesn't, it'll never get the credit for being as loud as it is. But that place is rocking, is rocking. Uh, so to watch that, the second year we go 11 and 5, then we go 13 and 3 the next year. And that we can't keep the t shirts in the, in the team store. Like they're flying off the shelves. Uh, I feel so cool about the story because it kind of made these guys, these local guys that love Arizona, that love the Cardinals, that love the Suns, love the sports culture here, this company. We sold enough T-shirts that it became a thing. I think it was the first collaboration or one of the first. And uh, it's so proud for us, but 10 years later, whatever it is, to be consider ourselves family that all started with, you know, this awesome logo and this T-shirt that we just sold the crap out of. And it's uh, it's so cool that it's now the foundation logo. So we replaced the little cartoon logo with that. We trademarked it. We trademarked uh, No Risk and No Biscuit to go along with it. And uh, it all goes back to, you know, a chance encounter with a random phone call. I'll be like, yeah, sure. I'd love to take a look at it. I love it. I mean, I just remember, I mean, you're right. So iconic. Immediately, everyone wanted this shirt. And that's actually, I believe at that time, that's when I found the company, too, because of the shirt. And then I started going through the website. Oh, it's all AZ. Yeah. It was the logo and the brand. It's as AZ as it gets. I loved it. You know me, AZ girl. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And that's how I linked up with them back then. But it was the BA, the logo. I mean, you know you're big when Scott Van Pelt's like, hey, I'm not mad at you. It's, oh, all, yeah. it's all for charity. Yes. I, I love, it's kind of similar, yes. but I love it. I, we, and we I was like, first. wow, I didn't even think about Scott's because Scott's is awesome, but it's not quite as iconic as that. I mean, it's instantly you're like, oh, that's BA. Yeah. Even when we did the first one with the Bucks, and it's very proud for me as State 48 has done every t-shirt we've ever done in 15 different Arians, Family Foundation, Galas. Love it. When we go to the Bucks, I was like, throw a patch on it and make it creamsicle. <laughs> and even with the patch over the glasses, you you would still instantly know exactly what it is. Yeah, I have that shirt because mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm a BA fan, don't matter what he go. is. I remember asking him back then, but what do you remember his reaction to the logo and just the look? And he wasn't a big, like as you know, in the public eye, like, oh, look at me, I have a shirt. He is the least self-promoting person on the planet. As his agent and son and president (laughs) of the foundation, to be as kind of big as he became by just being this honest dude and the media loving him because of it, they got to see kind of what his players have always seen behind the scenes. He hated it. I I think four months ago, I've seen him wear the shirt once. I'm at I'm yeah. at the condo in Tampa, and he comes out wearing one of the shirts. And I'm like, "You're you're finally wearing your." He didn't coming like, around. Pops. He didn't like wearing his face on his chest. Yeah. This was was kind of his quote, but uh, he loved it. I mean, he, he loves that it's for the foundation. He knows how iconic how iconic the image is, what it means. He just you know, if he's wearing it, then he feels like he's being a self promoter, which he doesn't like. He does not like that. No. So let's get into the foundation side of things because you explained the birth of it just being pretty much. You just went with it and it was fast paced and you guys put everything together. But this was a long time coming for your family in terms of like dreaming up what this could be. I don't think my mom ever realized that was an option. Her, her goal was let's save one kid's life at a time. Let's help one kid at a time. She was a CASA for 15 years before we ever started the foundation. And it was really my dad's idea when he became a head coach to have the platform to do that. We could help a lot more than one kid at a time. We can raise enough money. We can raise enough awareness. We can get people trained to become CASAs and they can take on cases. Now we're helping a lot more than one kid at a time. Uh, when he told my mom, she was like, we're going to do what? And didn't, wasn't real sure that we could, you know, raise $800,000 in a night, which we did two years ago in Tampa. And, wow. Uh, and one of these foundations and where that money goes, I mean, it's 90 
5% of as much as the IRS will let us send out, we're sending out. Um, it's funny how that process works, but yeah. So we said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll form the foundation. Um, we put that first golf tournament together at Georgia that, that first year with Steve Webster and CMPR and the crew, it was hugely successful. We've done 15 of them now with the concert gala and golf tournament. And, um, it's, it's amazing. I'm not sure what the number is over $5 million that we've raised that, that we've given back out to, uh, a ton, my big thing was everything we raised in Arizona, I wanted to stay here. And we did the one in Georgia as well. That one, so we still support Pittsburgh. We still support Kids Voice in Indianapolis. There's two at, at the lake in Georgia, my parents' forever home. And then now in Tampa, there's two. That, there's a Guardian Lightum and a Kids Voice uh, program down there that we support. So it, that money goes quick, but it, it helps a lot of kids. It saves a lot of kids' lives. Like I said, that's always going to be more important to us than winning football games. For those who don't know, can you explain the process of like what what that a CASA, CASA is? is? So yes. CASA is a court-appointed special advocate for abused and neglected kids in the foster care system. So you are their voice. You have access to parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, principals. You go to court. You write a report. You go to court in front of a judge on their behalf of what's in their kid's best interest. Kids don't know what's in their be- their best interest. They're kids. So it's right. somebody that's fighting for what's best for them, whether it has to be taken out of the home, to, to be left in the home, to go to an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, whatever it is. And the kids that have a CASA have a chance. The kids that don't are really up against it. And when they age out at 18, it, it can be ugly. And the statistics really are ugly. So every kid that we can help before that, I think we're really changing the world. And we're at least changing that kid's world. Why did that become a family mission? Just background with your mom, obviously. My mom fighting. was an attorney. She called herself a broken family attorney because right. it was really work, more working for free, helping kids and helping families. Um then she got tired of taking the bar every, every three years, being a coach's wife, you yeah, know, moving around uh, and having to retake I, that bar. <laughs> I was old enough to watch that process enough that I'd, I wouldn't want to take it more than once. I think she was an attorney in six states before she stopped. And then she just started volunteering for CASA so that we, we had moved enough. I think that was 1999 kids voice in Indianapolis was her first one. And she took on a case. And then I, as long as I can remember, she always had, She's on the phone with one of her one of her Casa kids. And then mm. if you know my family, which you do, they've all become extended family at this point. A lot of her Casa kids have kids of their own, and she's being a grandparent to them and talking to them on the phone. And that's probably not legal, but she doesn't care. She's, you know, she's doing it to, uh, to help them out. And uh, that was always our life. But she did it behind the scenes. Nobody really knew that. So it was really cool for me being the president of the foundation to bring light to that to put a spotlight on, you know, what she did behind the scenes for all those years and then be able to really ramp up the efforts. I mean, yeah. Governor Ducey's wife became a CASA. Uh, Sheriff Penzone is a great friend of the family and a huge supporter of CASA. You can't thank guys like that enough and their support. What we got done in Arizona, um, she's big on, you know, fighting legislatures and getting l- l- rules changed and laws changed and all that kind of stuff and, and all in the best interest for, for the kids. Love it. Now, you guys are very hands-on. I've been to a gala before. I've heard the stories. Can you just share some of the impact stories because of what you guys have done here with the foundation not without crying i mean we allow tears yeah, i told you i'm pretty I'm, emotional i'm gonna person. get through this one without it <laughs> uh, yeah i think the coolest thing that, that we've had happen a lot of times is somebody that we didn't know will come grab us after the gala you know like before the golf tournament the one that stands out is a husband and wife at the western carolyn that we had out here and said so we knew nothing about this and we weren't <laughs> we weren't sure it was on our hearts to adopt mm-hmm. and tonight we don't just want to adopt them. We want to adopt a kid from the foster care system. So something like that, you go, man, I'm just up here trying to raise money and 
raise awareness. And we got the press here, and you're worried about all these stupid little things that go on behind the scenes when you're, you're putting on an event. And then somebody decides something like that and drops you, drops you in your tracks and just drops you, and you go, something that was said tonight made that big of an impact on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one really stands out. And that's happened three or four times now where somebody's wow. come up and said, we're not sure that it was on our hearts, or we weren't even sure it was on our minds, but we want to become a casa. How do we help? We, you know, my nephew's in the foster care system, and we weren't really sure what that meant, and we're going to go adopt him. You know, those kind of things. That's uh, that's truly changing someone's life. Mm-hmm. You, like I said, you're putting on an event, and you're thinking about all those kind of things. You don't think about the actual grassroots. Somebody sitting in those seats, their life has been changed, and that's. Mm-hmm. The, co- the coolest part of the whole thing. Cause I don't get to see being the, the president of the foundation and running the, uh, you know, giving up on stage, giving a speech, running the whole thing. You don't get to see that impact a lot. I get to know what the numbers look like and how many golfers we have and making sure everybody's having fun. The logistics. Yeah. Right. You don't get to see the impact. So when those, when those stories do happen, man, they, as you can tell, make an impact on me. Yeah. What do you think it means to your mom? Uh, it's funny because I'm the emotional one. She's not near as bad. Um, it means the same thing. I mean, it blows her away. She did it because she was passionate about helping kids, whether anybody knew about it or not. So to have, you know, a, a much bigger platform and a bigger microscope and to actual hear those stories is, is pretty amazing stuff. Well, it's amazing, too, because I feel like, gosh, how the way that life works, everything that led to that moment was done prior to that actual moment. Like oh, your yeah. mom, years and years working as a lawyer, fighting for kids behind the scene. Your dad and his journey in the NFL to finally then have that platform. That crazy year of 2012 in Indianapolis to be mm. refired, retired, what Refi- is retired? Refired. His retirement <laughs> from Pittsburgh and be driving to the lake and Chuck calls. Right. And they go and then Chuck gets sick with leukemia and, and everything that was so special that year. To then lead to him becoming head coach, which we thought would happen one day. But at that point, he's driving a lake, retired, and it has never happened. Now look what's happened 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Two Coach of the Year awards in two different places, uh, a Super Bowl win, and then all of the things that's allowed for the foundation, that platform. And my mom would still be helping one kid at a time. She could and didn't care if anybody was watching or not. But what all of that has allowed Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is so impactful. And it's like I said, it's really, to me, it's, it's the true legacy of, the, of our family. What I love about, obviously, what BA brought was that family culture. You being a part, obviously, his son, running the ship of things. Can you break down everything that you do in terms <laughs> of the foundation and obviously the career of your father and how you've played a role in support and all of that. So I wasn't his agent when we moved out here. Mike Brown, I was, and and God rest Mike, he passed away. I became his agent later on, but I was always the guy behind the scenes taking care of everything as we were just talking about. Uh, I have, you know, 25 aunts and uncles that are, that are staff members on this team that I grew up with. I mean, there's four or five guys from Temple when I was four years old when he took that job that I've right. literally known my entire life. They were all raised by him. A lot of a lot of ways they grew up together, but that's always been that we're doing it together. We're family. Um, nobody's bigger than the other person. You know, we're all a piece of this. I don't know why more organizations don't build it that way where you have one guy in charge and then let them hire their guys. Mm. That guy's there. Mm-hmm. That's the, you You worked for him. You were there at the same time. That's the, that's the tip of the pyramid. But every one of those guys is his guy. There's no backstabbing. There's no dissension. It's, we're in it together. When you have somebody like that that treats them 
like family and has always treated them like that. I mean, every foundation event I stand on stage and say, if you're here supporting the foundation, we want to treat you like family. Welcome to the family. And you know us well enough to know that, that we all mean that. But that all comes from him. I mean, that's, that's always been the case. There's probably 50 guys he coached at Temple that if, if we put out an email right now would show up tomorrow for anything. I believe it. Yeah. So what, what do you all do? Give us the list, the task list, the behind the scenes of how you keep the, the ship running in a sense. So, yeah. So took care of everything behind the scenes for everybody on that staff, especially out here, because I knew them all so well, uh, whether that was, you know, real estate, helping them find houses and rentals and whatever else to kids schools to everything he needed behind the scenes as a head coach. I lived two miles away. I hadn't lived in the same town as my parents since I was 18. Once I went to college, play football at UAB. So it was awesome to be down the street for a while. Right. Uh, and then becoming his agent later on, running the foundation. and But being down the street, you could be so much more hands-on mm-hmm. than seeing them a couple times a year coming to a football game. Right. So yeah, the, the agent, the foundation, and um, anything else that was needed by any of those guys. What was it like, and I remember obviously being there and, and talking to Bruce and knowing his story, but um, and then watching a football life, great insight into your guys' family, yeah. but what was it like for you, for listeners just listening now, um, growing up in the football life with Arians? Because you guys moved quite a bit and just how I get that- asked that all the time, and I'm not sure that I can answer it because that's all I know. That's right. Uh, I do know the other side of it. My sister didn't get to do a lot of things I did. Uh, I wasn't in the locker room as much. I mean, my first job was working for the Kansas City Chiefs, going to River Falls, Wisconsin for training camp for six weeks. My mom thought it'd be a great idea if my dad and I get to spend some time together. I never saw him. He was coaching. I was working 17, 18 hours a day as a manager in the equipment room. But I look back now and go, I mean, Marty Schottenheimer, Herman Edwards, Tony Dungy, Bill Cower, my dad, Howard Mudd, Joe Pendry, the, the guys on that staff, what I soaked in, that's why I, I see the game differently than, than most people. I was around it my entire life, but I was around guys like that at training camp every day. Uh, my sister didn't get to do that. I also went to elementary school in one place in New Jersey, went to middle school in one place in Kansas City, went to high school. I moved in the middle of my freshman year, but high school in Starkville, Mississippi. My sister would have went to four high schools in four years. She got the bad stretch of, okay, we only worked one, you know, one place for, mm-hmm. for those years. Graduated early in Tuscaloosa, and she's never left Alabama. She, she still lives in Birmingham, Alabama. She wanted that stability. Every time my dad told me we were going to move, I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. I mean, he came to my uh, freshman year basketball game, which was rare. And I'm like, oh, this is probably not good. We have news here. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, we got whacked, and we'll be moving. I don't know where yet. And I'm like... All right, it is what it is. On, on to the next one. Now, my sister never looked at it that way, so I do yeah. get a little bit of a sense of uh, of how different she saw it and how different most people see it, but that was my life. I mean, that was being around those guys, being in locker rooms uh, is all I really knew. Yeah. How do you think that kind of just built your resiliency as a coach's son, right, and having to pick up and move and be able to – um, just go with the flow of what life kind of brings at you? Because, again, it's like it's never really – always like the coordinator's fault or assistant coach, but everyone gets let go. And if you know my dad, he says, I got fired. This He, he didn't get necessarily get fired yeah. that many times. It was the head coach got fired, which means the whole staff got fired, which means we're all moving. We're all moving, yeah. Which means a couple of your really good friends are moving somewhere else because they're probably not going to be on the same staff when you move again. You get two choices. I mean, you can be a total introvert and be quiet and be in your shell. That's or you, not you. No, no, <laughs> uh, or you can learn to be outgoing and make new friends and, and embrace the adventure of a new place. I think I see the world a lot different than most people because I wasn't raised in one place, um, one part of the country. 
which I, I love and I think makes me very well-rounded is about to be a 45-year-old man with a family now. Uh, and I love the way that I get to see the world because of those adventures and the way that I embraced it and, and took that on. I, I, would, I wouldn't adventures. change a day. Yeah, absolutely. Literally just got back from Germany <laughs> yeah. and Prague and Netherlands. Is that right? Where else? Yeah, yeah. So we went to the first ever regular season game in Germany, the Bucks and, uh, yep. and the Seahawks. Most electric, unbelievable atmosphere I've ever seen at any game. The German fans were insane. Uh, went to Prague and went to the Netherlands. And the whole trip started with my dad going to the Virginia Tech Hall of Fame where I was born. Uh, in Blacksburg, so really, really cool experience to go on the sidelines. And I also played there twice, so this is not cool part of the story, and I'm sitting there going, man, I played here in 1999, then I went, wow. oh my God, that was 20, I, 23 years ago. Why does that, that seem like 10 years ago? Is that? It's a lot longer than that, Lisa. Uh, it was apparently it was 23 years ago. <laughs> years ago, and I'm like, man, I am really getting old. But it was uh, a really cool thing. In the the pride on his face, he did not want to leave. Normally, he's I'm like, sure. all right, let's get this over with. Like, he wanted to stay for every second of the game. Everybody that wanted a picture, autograph. I was blown away with the kids in high school that were there for recruiting visits that knew who he was. I mean. That it wasn't, you know, it was former Hokie. Yeah. They knew who he was. To me, that was really cool that he still resonated with them. But that was that started the trip, and that was another adventure that we got to do all because of football. All the adventures that yeah. you go on. So what's the status with Pops? How is he feeling taking this, you know, backseat? Is he really? The backseat part, he's loving. Okay. The five and six record and still being in first place in the FC South somehow, he's not loving because yeah. they look uh, awful at times. That part he's struggling with. But uh, he's loving life. He's playing golf a couple times a week. He loves the new role. Uh, he's there if the guys need him. If not, his body was done. Staying on the sidelines was getting really hard. I mean, he just turned 70. None of us think of him like like he's seventy. Oh no! But uh, but he damn sure is. His body's probably ninety five. He, he's cocktail in hand and all. Never. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that part has been really good. But being able to play golf, still be there, part of it. The biggest thing for me was uh, being seventy years old. You're going to have aches and pains. You're still going to the locker room, the training room, see the doctors. But by doing that, you're also seeing the guys. He's at practice two or three days a week. He's in the staff meetings. The year that he was on CBS. I mean, if we go play golf, he still wants to play the two tees with us. He needs to be playing the four tees. He's 70 years old. <laughs> but the year that he was at the lake on CBS, that was the year he started playing the four tees. And he started looking old. He started acting a little old. And I'm like, man, I really would love to see you around the game. So to not necessarily have the grind of being a head coach, but to still be around the guys in the game, I think keeps him very perfect young mentally. It's the perfect mix for all of us. As yeah. I think, uh, I mean, we want him around as long as we could possibly have him. But I think that part keeps him young. I mean, I'm sure your whole life, it's hard to really, truly. It's, take it a is step very out. weird for me to only have the one year on CBS since I was born, not coaching, and then now be in this new role. Uh, I love it. It's amazing how, less, how much less I care whether we win or lose. Yeah. Uh, what happens? I have been told I am very obnoxious during games. I have uh, seen this. Yes. Side and of um, <laughs> I am a lot less obnoxious at games, and I am a lot less obnoxious after games when we lose because I don't care near as much. That yeah. part's awesome. Well, it sounds like the perfect mix for him. And he it gets is. to enjoy the lake and kind of. He's still in Tampa when he wants to be there um, during the season, of course. He'll be at the lake a lot more in the off season, right. the summertime. So it, it's the perfect mix for, for everybody involved. I remember when I was engaged to my hus now husband and he was a coach at the time at Hawaii. And I had a sit down interview with your dad literally scared the crap out of me because I, <laughs> I was you know we were talking about you got life. An honest answer i got well, only the most honest uh, answers right. from va but I, you know we're talking about life and he just talked you know very honest about 
the coaching world and the life and what you have to endure and as a wife. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I am not as amazing as your wife. (laughs) I'm like, that world is so it's hard. Hard. You spent did you spend some time coaching as well in I've never actually bit the bullet and went and coached, but I've never been away from the game. But you've lived it. Yes, absolutely. Without having a woman like my mom. Uh, it doesn't work because you see a lot of families try to live apart. Mm-hmm. Coaches work insane hours. I mean, you know the the grind that those guys go through without having a woman there to take care of that and, and a mom to take care of the kids and be strong enough to, to live that life. That's why I call her queen. I always see her, I'm like, bow down because I am not that woman. <laughs> they just celebrated 51 years, Amazing. been together since they were 16, oh. I think 20 moves officially. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But at the same time, we just talked about how rewarding it is. Yeah, uh, as it's yes, but it, it does. but she's the one that makes it all go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my dad was there for a lot of things, but my mom raised me. That was you know your rock that's that's always there because, like I said, my dad showed up to a game in ninth grade for a basketball game. You're like, oh, crap. you know what's up? Like it's cool to have my dad here and all, but you know what? This up? is probably not something good. <laughs> well, I think what made it really cool when he finally had that opportunity because yes, coaches. I mean, my husband would sleep in his office. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was a GA then, you know, an assistant coach. And so he was working his way up, but that lifestyle and we were apart during that time too. Um, I think when he finally got the opportunity, you saw how much he took into play. Okay. What was something in my journey that I didn't necessarily love or wasn't worth it missing time with family? He would let the staff go for made them go yeah made them go. fire your ass if you missed that recital or that game that that press conference was still shocking to me to hear him say that but know that he meant it yeah i mean we were in kansas city uh marty schottenheimer great coach respect him a ton he was one of those grinders i mean they have midnight staff meetings during the week wow but expect to be there at four or five o'clock in the morning he never saw me play he 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 came up with this i'm gonna start running things so he could like act like he went for a run and leave for an hour to catch a quarter of, you know, one of my eighth grade football games uh, and then haul ass back to the office to get there. So he knew what those staffs, how hard that is and and missing those things. And he's also big on, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's do what we do. Let's do it. Well, the work will always be here. Go to the game, go to the recital, get your ass back to the office, put the kids in bed and then come back to the office. The office is here. It's open 24 hours a day, as you know. Um, But I think, you know, part of that is, comes with age, comes with experience. And I know the, I know those guys that a lot of them now are working for other people uh, appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about this collaboration, this friendship, this family with State 48, back to that. And just where you see it obviously going now in the future um, as you guys continue on this this long-term, I should say we, as we continue on this we, long-term that's right. You're part of the family. <laughs> relationship uh, here, as you guys continue to grow, because it's not it's not over. It's not over. I mean, thank God that we have great sponsors for the uh, the foundation, uh, gala, concert, all that stuff. We'll be back in Innisbrook this April in Tampa. We'll have new shirts. You guys bring some from, headliners, from too. Like I've been. We've had some, uh, it's funny because they, a lot of become friends like Kane Brown's a really good friend now Blake Shelton is like this giant man that people don't realize like gives me a kiss on top of the head every time you see him um Gwen Stefani we've had you know all these people perform Chase Rice is a really good buddy he's performed twice now uh Taylor Hicks did a bunch of the shows in Georgia in the summertime was still living in Alabama came over 
uh, Jordan Sparks, Leanne Rhymes. I'm forgetting a bunch of people. Josh Turner. Um, it was all. It's amazing to be able to. It's amazing that that all these singers want to be athletes and all the athletes want to be singers. <laughs> so but it's true. really cool the collaboration, <laughs> how they go back and forth, because they're all giant sports fans. Um, and the people that we big B A fans. And a lot of them, yeah, just be big B A fans. I mean, Blake Sheldon calling one of the heroes of his life on the voice one night. We're all like like even BA was like, that I was pretty damn that. cool. Like, we're like, did he just say that? That was all fired. It was like, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, but did they have that kind of relationship? He I mean, made they were, they were really Blake close. a fan of the Cardinals. I think he was before that. He just wasn't as outgoing about it as, as he was before. The fan, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, when he got to, when he, we I start mean, winning, uh, people come out of the wood. kind of fangirled out when he met BA a little bit. It was pretty I funny. And dad's that. like, and my mom watched the voice all the time. And then they find out Blake's a fan. They're like, Oh my God, this is, this is pretty awesome. Like we're actually on this kind of platform, but Blake was the one geeking out. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have that same state 48 shirt. The guys will be there. Uh, I think Mike's been to damn near event. We've ever, every event we've come. ever had. You need to come. I you need guys to come need to come over there too. By the way, it is a hell of a fun party. Uh, I we believe probably have it. 16 of 18 holes have alcohol, food truck, Swag bag, something. Sounds um, like my type of... You got to kind of try to throw something new in there every time. And then, you know, you get to see me cry for 30 seconds on stage while I talk about my mom and these daggum kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a blast. It's a ton of fun. I think we had 350-something people last year. Wow. At, and as Brooke, they've been phenomenal partners. The Buccaneers ownership is spectacular. I mean, they, they have gone over and beyond to not be the head coach anymore, to still support the foundation Surely. the way that they do. Uh, have been amazing. Um, we, we just, you know, we have amazing partners that we had in Arizona with you know, State 48 being the, the first and original and it will always be the longest lasting, but it's it's amazing the people that we've met down there. Same kind of thing. You treat people like family. They want to become family. They want to s- continue to support those things. So it's really cool that we're not having a farewell event yet. Yeah. I'm sure that'll happen eventually. I'm not sure the the uh, the BA luster will will fade of eventually, uh, but we're still going as strong as we can right now. Still trying to raise as much money and have as much fun, and that'll be the next plan. Well, one thing I love remember most about BA is it's always a party. No matter what it's what's going on, he brings some type of energy, and I know that these events that you guys, I've been to one, lucky enough to been to go to one, but I know that there's some epic stories behind them. I know you got. There's some. always some good ones. The ones in Georgia tend to get a little bit funnier. Uh, that was kind of like the redneck party that <laughs> you're at the lake, and we kind of took over the entire golf course. Uh, a couple that stand out. I mean, the first time we met, I I met Chase Rice. First time Dad got to meet him. We're like sitting in the hot tub in the pool for like four hours drinking beer before he performed that night. And then the best part, you'll love this part, Erica Betcher, James Betcher's wife, Mm -hmm. former defense coordinator now in Cincinnati. uh, Chase is known for his song Ride, where he brings a woman up in the audience and then sings the song to her in front of her husband, boyfriend, or whatever. Well, Chase played for Betch at North Carolina. Oh, wow. So they had a great relationship, but he'd been wanting to do it to Erica forever. So he pulls Erica up on stage, and he's dancing, he's crying, and, and Betch is just sitting there with those big chubby cheeks and getting red-faced, and it was epic. It was absolutely phenomenal. He probably wouldn't have been as bad if we didn't have him drinking beer all day in the pool uh, before we went up there. The other one was the first one we ever had was Canadian Tenors. If you're not familiar with them, it was four really good-looking dudes that can really, really sing. Uh, that are all from Canada, pull my mom up on stage and serenade my mother, who is getting red-faced with her, her cheeks at the same time, uh, was it was pretty epic as well. I'm glad this is a podcast because I'm kind of crying. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. 
Excuse me. Okay. Bring it together here. I'm kind of crying, laughing, picturing Betch. <laughs> and his face, his cheeks, the way that you described that was perfect. It was, it was pretty awesome. Chase, Chase, Chase got him good. And then my mom with the Canadian tenors was like, like it, the four guys and each one have a different part and they're just serenading. They bring her up, they put her in this little, if you know my mom, she's five, one on a good day. She's on this bar stool and these guys are like these six foot good looking dudes. I mean, like classically trained and really, really sing. And she's just, I mean, as happy as I've ever seen her being serenaded on stage. It's pretty awesome. I love it. And you are having an event here coming up. We are having an event here, Super Bowl week at STK. We're having a brunch from 12 to 3. Uh, it's awesome that the Super Bowl is here in Arizona. My mom and dad get to come out, spend some time. He'll be in the Phoenix Open Pro-Am again. Uh, that Yay. part's going to be awesome. I'll get my, what, fifth time caddying for him. Uh, that'll be pretty awesome. But, yeah, it's going to be awesome to have just kind of an open house, have a presence here, uh, and be able to invite people by and, and have a good time and, and have a, a smaller event, but still have a presence here, Super Bowl week, to, to do something for the foundation. I love it. So I'm invited is what Absolutely. you're saying. Yeah, That's you better my be invitation. There. I need a CBA. I need to see you guys back at the golf course again. Absolutely. We might need That's t-shirts okay. for that. Um, plug. I, I think I know I somebody. I think I know somebody who does something. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks for having Family me. Family always. Family always, for Episode sure. 10. Episode. That, I, top I, 10. I, I like where I fit in. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. As long as it's top 10. And you're subscribed, obviously, Absolutely. to our YouTube channel, podcast. All Thumbs things. up. All righty. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye.